0: Hey, this is Andy from the TGP Fit Podcast, where we discuss functional fitness, health, well-being, and becoming your best version. If you're looking to be your best in the gym, on the competition floor, or just in everyday life, listen in with Carter Douglas, the creator of The Game Plan, and myself.
1: We'll be discussing topics and strategies that you can put to practice right away to build long-term habits for life.
0: All right, welcome to this episode. This is the TGP Podcast. I'm Andy and I'm here with Carter. G'day guys. And we also have a very special guest today. This is Khan Porter. And um, just for everyone who somehow doesn't not know who you are, could you just give us a bit of a background of uh, who you are and what you've done in the past?
2: Um. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so I've been competing uh, in CrossFit now. geez, For seven years. Maybe. It might be my eighth year. I think. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. 17, Seventeen. Yeah. It's my eighth year competing. Um. Sixth year qualifying for the games. Uh. I have over the course of that time. Um. Uh, opened my own gym, which I still have a small role uh, that I play in. Um. Coach. You know all sorts of stuff. Done a bunch of sort of seminars, training, all that sort of thing as well. Um, have an online program, and then um, currently studying a bachelor
1: of psychology and diploma counselling. And I like craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd been doing it for much longer. Uh, you and I literally—well, I started pretty much when you did. So, and you were far more successful than I am as an <laughs> <laughs> It Depends how you measure success, mate. Yeah, that's, but. Uh, <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah, about eight years now.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. So, well, you've got yourself a gym here. Are you guys back open now being...
2: Yeah, we're open. Uh, so, as I said, I only heart own it now, and it have a very minor stake in the gym, but I'm um, still involved in the community, in the programming, and overseeing the coaches and that sort of stuff. And obviously, train there. Love the place. Yeah, but um, yeah, we have been back open. I want to say two weeks now, with class sizes capped at twenty, mm. um and then obviously, like there's all sorts of strict little COVID measures and stuff in place. But it's um, yeah, it's cool to have that community back open during the kind of whole COVID thing. Um, I was still training at the gym. I sort of spoke to local police station just to kind of get like what the go was there, being like a co-owner and someone that's on the lease, et cetera. And they kind of effectively said that if you're on the lease, um you can train, you know, as if as if it was your own home. So adhering to whatever the local laws were around working out or being in your house. So um I was very lucky that I was able to still go in. But I can tell you right now the vibe is a lot better with people (laughs) around you rather than an empty, quiet gym. Okay.
0: How is the uh, transition going back in? Were people quite um, nervous at first or was it quite good?
2: Um, I think everyone was really keen to get back to it. I mean, you always have a few people that are a little bit concerned um, that everything's being adhered to properly. But, you know, we really stuck to everything that we were told by the New South Wales government. And, um, yeah, I think people were just really relieved to be able to get back into some sort of community-based activity.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. What did you guys do as a gym to sort of uh, keep the member vibe going and to keep everything happening there and to provide work? <laughs> um,
2: so we had like a, I wrote an at home program for people. We kind of had a little bit of back and forth about whether or not uh, one of the other owners was comfortable leasing out equipment. Um, it's actually, that was an interesting dynamic because you know, I don't know what you guys did, but that whole idea that there is always a risk when you do lease out equipment and funnily enough, we haven't got everything back. So it was kind of like, a it seemed like a no-brainer to me, but now that we're in that process of getting everything back, there's just like a few bits and pieces that have just gone missing, um, which is unfortunate. But yeah, so we leased out our equipment. We had an online program. We did Zoom workouts, like sort of Zoom briefs and stuff like that as well. Um, when we were able to go back to outdoor pt we actually came up with a really cool idea where we would bring um basically enough equipment up to the park and some squat stands some makeshift platforms and have 30 minute uh lifting slots for people throughout the week so the members could actually come in and use the outdoor like with a coach there so two person outdoor pt um, on the platforms and they were still able to then get some lifting in as well. So I wrote a little program that was based around, they had two slots per week. What did they do in those two slots? And then they were able to come and do that. And then their conditioning on the side.
1: That's cool. That's actually, yeah, 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 that's good. That's unique. Especially with all the, yeah, sweet.
2: Yeah, it was good. I mean, we got like, uh, there was like a lot of PTs and stuff at the park and I think they got the shits cause we were setting up some pretty fancy, like we had a pretty fancy setup there, but, um, yeah. I mean, we were lucky. The gym is super close to a park and we were able
1: to use a bigger vehicle to take it up there. So it was actually worked out really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And your, uh, online program was, uh, so the online program for that was called play with yourself at home. Wasn't it? It was. That was exactly what it was. (laughs) was I saw that on uh, Instagram. You put a thing up, and that I lost it straight away. Seeing that, that was great. Good playing words. (laughs) Yeah, play with yourself at home. Uh, It was a big one. (laughs) It went well. Yeah. All right. So from you now, well, transitioning a little bit from sort of coach and uh, part gym owner, Khan, going over to athlete, Khan, a little bit. How was the whole quarantine for you, considering? I don't. It was not too long beforehand that you had just secured a ticket to the CrossFit Games for this year. What was the initial part of the quarantine? What did that look like for you, and how was that?
2: Oh, I mean, I always struggle to say that it was bad because I don't have like I, I didn't have it bad during during that sort of period in terms of I didn't I lost uh, one contract that was. Uh, A decent contract that I just signed and then they were a startup that was launching in the US, um, but they didn't want to launch during the COVID thing. So um, that kind of was thrown out, which was a little bit frustrating. It was a decent little contract. Uh, Then off the back of that, I obviously like there was a few things as well um, in terms of like, I guess what it was shit as an athlete because so that's I mean. that's my personal life, but as an athlete, like purely speaking, as an athlete, it sucked because I had qualified for the games. I'd um, done a nice little off season uh, over the Christmas period. I'd rehabbed uh, quite a nasty back injury that I got last year, and I kind of got myself like I'd really decided that this season I wanted to focus primarily on being an athlete over everything else, make that my priority, and make you know having a really good season across the board uh, a real big focus of mine because I don't think that athlete has necessarily been my primary focus uh, for the past few years. Mm. And I was in an awesome place like right around when it all kicked off sort of late February, early March, I was supposed to be heading over and competing in a few sanctioned events uh, in Europe and Egypt. And then I had a couple more competitions lined up. It's kind of like benchmarks leading into the games. Um, And yeah, like, like I was, I dare say probably the fittest, strongest, most rounded I'd ever been as an athlete back then. Um and then obviously COVID hit and I sort of thought, okay, maybe this will be a couple of weeks of shutdown. I can't see the whole world shutting down for an extended period of time. Like that just seemed like this bizarre concept to me. So I try to keep my training up as normal um for the first few weeks, even though I was just on my own in the gym. But then when it sort of became apparent that this was going to be a long-term thing and all the competition started not just postponing but cancelling, uh, then it became really hard to stay invested in, I guess, training as hard as I was with no kind of end goal in sight. Um, And I think it's been a really cool period in a lot of ways because – It's really given me an insight into just how important things like structure and purpose are for my just day-to-day motivation. Like I can get really caught up inside my own head. But if I have a really clear sense of purpose behind what I'm working towards and doing and I can create a structure for my days around that, I'm able to kind of operate a lot better. And that was the one thing that was lacking. Like it was always kind of like, well, I could get up now and go to the gym, but do I really need to? Like what like, what am I training towards? If I'm not going to compete for another four, five, six months, maybe plus, there's no point in trying to train ridiculously long hours and ridiculously hard at this point because I'm just going to hurt myself or burn out and I'm going to have to take some time off. So that became like, um, a bit of a, like finding a balance between doing enough and doing something and not just sitting at home and drinking beers, talking to my friends on Skype. Um, but yeah, like, and it's kind of, it's gone in waves. Like I had kind of good periods and then it looked like the games are still going to go ahead. And I was sort of getting back into training for that. And then, um, I don't know, I'd have like two really good weeks and then I'd have like three weeks where I'd train like three times a week, maybe four times a week. And so I'm still kind of in that cycle at the moment, I guess. Now it looks like the earliest I'm going to be competing from now is 12 weeks with the games rescheduling for the 14th yep. um, of September. And I mean, from having done this long enough, I think ideally I'd like eight weeks of really hard dialed in training. Um, and I think that's that's kind of a really good, period to, to sort of operate to try and build to a peak rather than trying to do it for a long time um so yeah like i mean i trained three days last week and then trained today i'll probably train tomorrow but um yeah it's been a journey but like i said i don't consider it to have been like difficult or hard for me it's just been weird as an athlete
1: yeah okay have you started planning how you're going to get over to the states because I personally haven't actually looked into that whole process currently.
2: Oh, it's a fuck around man. Yeah, I (laughs) I
1: have looked into it. So we have to, we have to apply,
2: um, online. So we have to apply to leave the country through our, through the government. And then I think they can kind of pass that. There are flights and everything that go over there. You've, um, There's like one flight a day that leaves from Sydney to San Francisco directly.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. If you apply, you apply to the government, I don't believe there's any kind of quarantine or laws around getting into the States. However, CrossFit HQ has said they will work on their end for us. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I guess we're just kind of up in the air about, all that kind of stuff we need definite dates because we have to apply with the dates we're going to be away when we're going to be coming back etc and we need to know what's happening over there so i mean like i don't know fuck <laughs> <laughs> again this is the thing like it's in 12 it's we're supposed to be competing in 12 weeks but are we going to compete in 12 weeks like is it really likely this is going to happen america's america's gone full america and things have kicked off again over there yeah. so um like I, as much as I'd like to be optimistic that I will be competing at some point in time this year, uh, who knows at this
1: point? Like who knows? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Have you thought if let's say this year ends up being canceled, have you thought about doing the same, putting the same level effort into next year and going for the exact same thing? Um,
2: Actually, do you know what? This has been something that's, it's been a massive thought for me because I kind of thought I was going to have a really big year this year. See how I went. See what see what the outcome was for me. Really making this my priority and putting all my eggs into this basket. And then, if I had really good, if I was really successful, awesome. Try and ride that wave and keep pushing with that same intensity, basically until I can't anymore. I mean, I'm 30 now. Uh, this came from a conversation. Actually, a really great conversation with my psychologist last year, and I was sort of talking to him about. Uh, being an athlete, but then I started talking to him about like all the other things that I had on my plate and that I was working towards. And uh, he said something, it was like, I think this was like the first session that I started working with the guy. And um, he actually said something really, really cool. And he said, basically everything else that I was doing, I could do at any point in my life. There was no timestamp on it. The only thing that I was doing that had a timestamp on it was being an athlete. Because obviously as you get older, that just becomes harder to do. And I never looked at it like that. And that was kind of the defining moment where I decided this was what I was going to put all my eggs into for as long as possible. Mm. Um, But then, yeah, like this has been so disruptive to that for me anyway. And I've really been through a journey of reevaluating what's important to me. Um, the, The other thing is, I mean, spending a lot of time at home with not being as productive as I probably could have, Spent a lot of time on social media and it's gone to the point where I just loathe the space so much. And obviously being an athlete doesn't actually make you the money. It's, it's basically engaging with social media that makes you the money within CrossFit as a sport. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like I just, I don't know. Like I don't like it. I try my best to see the positives in it and to have like a positive voice in that space, but I find it really draining engaging with it. And that's not to say that it's hard and difficult to come up with content, I just find I really take on board the negativity and the anger and the, the the way that people engage with each other. It's not even the way that they engage with me necessarily, but I just see the way people speak to each other and see the way people just miscontextualize anything and everything to skew stuff negatively. And I just am finding it at the moment a really draining space to exist in. And I've actually been looking at just getting out of that just going back to, I don't know, getting a job somewhere. Um, like I'm about to finish my diploma in counseling. So I'd really start love to start working in that space, in the mental health space. Um, and then if that kind of happens and that starts to take more time and it doesn't allow me to dedicate the time needed to be a professional athlete, well, it is what it is. But it's going to kind of be an ongoing journey, I think, for me and an ongoing kind of Assessment of what my priorities are and what is the most beneficial to me, uh, you know, health-wise, mental health-wise, and what's giving me the greatest value and
0: satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I totally agree with you as well on the fact that you know, right now the general vibe online has been super negative, and it's just like it's not a nice. Place mm. to like, kind of even check out or even check the news because the news is always going to be negative now. So yeah, yeah, it just exacerbates it even further. But uh, yeah, tell, uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, the ventures you have outside of CrossFit. You mentioned that uh, you're getting your, um, your counseling um, certificate or degree.
2: Yeah, so I'm studying, or I was studying, I took this semester off, uh, or last semester off, obviously, to, to focus on being an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm doing a Bachelor of Psychology with Honours, uh, which I've been studying part-time since 2017. Oh, I did the first year full-time and then sort of part-time uh, with a couple of semesters off here and there since 2017. Um, and then I found out last year that you could do as part of that degree, so it counts towards your subjects, a diploma in counselling. Um, and then that would actually allow you professional registration with the ACA's Australian Counseling Association that allows you to practice clinically as a counselor. And I thought it would be cool to do that, um, focus on that and then be able to work within the industry as I can, t- or within the industry that I wanted to work in as I continued to finish my degree. Mm. So that's kind of been my priority for the last you know, about seven months now. And it's cool. Like it's, it's great um, that, that, is an avenue into the industry that I want to work in long-term. So that's going on. Uh, obviously got, yeah, obviously at the gym, um, then, uh, online, I've got like an online program, sweat therapy, which is sort of plugging along, um, working on and, uh, working on a book at the moment, which is a lot of fun. It's, it's very, I haven't even spoken about this really yet because it's, quite knew the fact that it could any even be anything more than just a little passion project. But, um, yeah, that's kind of something that's been going in the back burners for a few months now. And I've been working with my manager on sort of speaking to some publication companies along that line, but, um, to say too much more on that, but yeah, it's mm. been, that's been going on as well.
1: Books exciting. Like, yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of typing you're doing across the whole diploma and everything else in the book and whatnot. Like, I guess you can do
2: it. Yeah, it's a lot of staring at a screen. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just have to go get my eyes checked because it's been straining my eyes. Yeah. So what got you into doing that uh, bachelor and, and the diploma and whatnot? What, in, what sparked that?
2: Um, I guess, to be completely honest, my own mental health journey over the years, like I'm um, I've sort of had uh, ongoing mental health issues for as long as I can really remember um, that have had pretty profound impacts on various aspects of my life. Um, And I guess it wasn't really until, I guess, like 2015 that I actually ever sort of thought that maybe these things that were happening to me um were more than just like little eccentricities and weird things that that i kind of did i actually sought out getting professional help myself and then it was then that i kind of went down the path of finding out just like the wealth of different ways that you can get help um the value with which it provided me and then when I started to speak candidly about my own experiences with mental health, seeing the amount of value that that provided to other people and the, the amount of people that sort of reached out and said that they got something from that, um, really inspired me in that respect to, I guess, look into pursuing some sort of career where I could use that. I mean, I, like I love competing and I love the rush that competing compete gives me, like not just, uh, in terms of like wanting to win and do well, but like there's a lot, that goes into me competing behind closed doors behind the scenes inside my own head that every time I'm able to do it and uh, you know, even just taking the competition floor in some respects is a big thing for me. But then being able to take the competition floor and perform well, obviously is, is quite incredible. And you can see some pretty emotional interviews I've given after competitions, which is a testimony to that. But, um, that's one, that's one thing that, that gives me some value, but like, there's nothing, that I enjoy more than sort of connecting with people through vulnerability around mental health, particularly young men. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, what I wanted to do. And so I obviously thought the best steps towards that would be to go back to uni and, um, get my studying happening along the way. There's been a lot of kind of, I've been able to work connect with some mental health charities and work with them, which has been really, really cool, um, across a variety of different things. And then, yeah, kind of been able to, just keep diving into my own sort of learning and development to, I guess, hopefully move towards finding an avenue to practice in
0: that space. That's cool. Would that avenue uh, be, uh, have you thought about where that would basically niche in maybe like, you know, perhaps even in the, uh, the fitness industry or the CrossFit realm or would this be mm. mental, mental health for just every, everyone mental really? Or- yeah. Mate, I think,
2: yeah, absolutely. Like I've thought about a variety of things like uh, obviously you know, I have a unique uh, background in that I've had a professional sporting career as well as a personal experience with mental health. Um, I think my passion is like men's mental health. And I think because it is such a tricky topic to talk about, it's such a topic uh, that's kind of very surface level in how people are engaging with it, particularly when people talk about their own experiences with mental health. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I I feel like that is a space that I really do want to work uh, around. But then I also love like performance. So maybe not just mental health, but tying into like, how can you help someone with their performance mentally? So like the mindset type thing or like mindset coaching, which is really interesting for me too. But yeah, I don't know, like I think definitely men's mental health and particularly around things like anxiety, um, which is what I have like the most experience in with myself. Um, that's not just general anxiety, that's anxiety disorders. And then, yeah, sports performance, and just general mental health and well being for people. The thing that I love about mental health and I think is a bit of a misconception is that I see mental health as just people's general mental well being. So like, how do you deal with stress? How do you deal with feeling upset, extreme emotions, emotional regulation, communication? Uh, Interaction with various different people's people about various different things. Like to me, that's all your mental health. How mentally healthy are you? Rather than it being necessarily bringing someone up from a deficit so they have acute depression or they have acute anxiety. And that's kind of a space that I'd love to operate in as well. Just helping people flourish, like helping people deal with various little difficulties mentally that they might come up against so that they can, you know, exist well rather than just kind of getting by or rather than just bringing them up from this deficit
1: i like that perspective how you said it's not just about specific little areas it is like your mental well-being and it's it's the whole package it's literally bringing mm-hmm. yeah everything together um with your own personal experiences here has this been something that you've been experiencing virtually your whole life or has it been you know was there a certain point or you know was it yeah was it your whole life or was it just since competing in one yeah No, I I think it's
2: certainly gotten worse at certain points in my life um, because of various things. Like, so before I started competing, uh, even when I did start competing, uh, I had no money and I was basically barely surviving paycheck to paycheck whilst trying to kind of figure out what the fuck I was going to do with my life and where I was going to try and like, like what I wanted to do. Um, how was I going to be able to do it, etc. Mm. And, you know, like things like that had a tremendous impact on it. Uh, like breakdowns of relationships, toxic relationships, all that sort of stuff. And then when it came to competing, yeah, in, in its own way, that was a huge triggering thing for me because in some ways I found something that I was really good at. And, and I loved as well. And like not many people get, get to do that, to, to find something that they really enjoyed that They're also really good at. Um, and that was great. But then I put a hell of a lot of pressure on myself with that too. And you know, with that pressure, um, there's like, you know, that certainly made me really anxious and spiked my anxiety a lot too. So it, yeah, there's been certain things, but then I remember like, it's funny even sort of after, uh, going through various processes of getting diagnosed with various different things and sort of working on stuff like having conversations with people that knew me when I was younger, with my parents particularly and just how a lot of the stuff that we've sort of come to realize over the last sort of five years, let's call it really gives a lot of context and explanation to a lot of things that kind of happen. A lot of behaviors, a lot of issues that I had when I was quite young. Um, and yeah, like there's been, so it, it's, it's been a, I felt these same things for as long as I can remember and maybe yeah, now it's acutely dealing with mental health and maybe certain things now make it worse sometimes, but um, I'm certainly much better at managing it now that I know what I'm trying to manage uh, than just sort of feeling a bit weird <laughs> and then just going or feeling a bit weird and turning to destructive behaviors to try
0: and distract myself from it. Mm, it's basically awareness of it has been everything and just being able to basically you know, live with it, but understand why it's happening it helps a lot. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like awareness I sort of have my own little model for four steps towards change. And I think to change anything is kind of something that I just kind of came up with myself. Uh, and I've done some seminars and stuff in the past and talk about it. Cause I think this can be applied to not just changing like mental health patterns, but anything like Your performance. If you want to get something different out of your coaching, I think accept uh, awareness. Sorry, is the first step towards it. Just being aware that there is an issue, like, and what that issue is. Then you got to move to understanding. So just being aware about what it is is sort of surface level, and that's kind of where I think we are with men's mental health in general. We're really at this kind of awareness stage. There's all sorts of work being done around improving awareness around mental health in men, but I think that understanding is a bit of a deeper a deeper connection to that and a deeper involvement in what that entails uh, below that kind of oh yeah mental health is a weird thing oh yeah anxiety affects people yeah but how does it affect people how is it affecting you what are you going to what are you going to need to do to move past that and then's acceptance because it's well and good to sort of understand what these things are and to know all about them but if you don't kind of accept where you're at on your own journey with that and that can be anything then you can't really move forward. Finally, moving on to actions. So, like, accept what you can, what you need to work on. Accept what you can't control, and kind of let that go, and then start making steps towards taking action. So, I think awareness, yeah, it's important, but it's only the starting point.
1: Uh, was there ever a time where you found Instagram or social media in general really valuable to you, in a from a from a mental standpoint as well? Because um, obviously. For you as a brand, I suppose, it could be very valuable. But like you said, you're starting to get a little bit over it in a way. Was there a time where you saw it as an amazing tool? Yeah, look, I don't like there are some there are some major positives from social
2: media. I mean, without social media, I wouldn't have done half the things I've done, been to half the pla- more than half the places I've been to, connected with a lot of the people I've connected with. Mm-hmm. So in in a lot of respects, yeah, like it's a really great way that you frame it. And maybe a bit of a slap to the face for me saying how much I don't like it, because it has done some amazing things for me. And I, I do, I owe a lot of really positive experiences and positive connections in my life to social media. Um, so in that respect, yes. And, and I have a really great audience on my page. I have a really good kind of community that has developed, but, and, and that's where it's kind of weird. Cause it's not even within my own audience or that I feel that I have a hard time on there. It's just seeing the way that people engage with each other. And perhaps that's my own stupid fault for diving too deep into it and getting too going down too many rabbit holes, looking at the way people communicate and all that sort of stuff but um no it's had some incredibly positive benefits for me it's it's a huge part of who i am today and what i've done and so in that respect yeah like there has been plenty of times but it's also been a space with which i've engaged really negatively like i've tried to create a persona or an image that i thought i needed to put out there when i spoke before about um when i started my crossfit career trying to make it as an athlete. and I had no money and I was really struggling mentally um, and emotionally. Yet I was like, I look back on the way that I kind of used my platform and it was almost like, like, fuck yeah, I'm living this dream life as an athlete. And it was so fake. and It was such a front to, to I guess, make myself feel better more than anything else. And like people would assume that and they'd buy into it and they go, yeah, that's awesome. You're doing great. And I'm like, these people are t- telling you you're doing great. So you are doing great. Just, just like, keep doing that. um, so in that respect, like, it, yeah, like I said, it, it hasn't always been a positive for me. I've found a way to use it myself as positively as possible, uh, which is to try and just be really authentic, really stand for what I stand for on there. Um, try to connect with people about, you know, deeper topics of conversation, <laughs> uh, separated by the odd <laughs> gratuitous ad for <laughs> headphones or yeah. some protein shakes here and there, but I'm not going to make a living, but yeah, like I, I see a lot of value in it and I see a lot of potential good in it. I just think that there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be spoken about, particularly with young people who are engaging with this space to help us figure out how to exist on there pot in a positive way. Because I think there is a lot of potential for really good things to happen on there, but I don't think we quite understand the space or quite understand how to engage with the
1: space just yet. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now you said that you've done a few uh, seminars around mental health as well. That sparked my interest a little bit. How, tell me a little bit more about those. Like how many have you done, you know? So
2: I've done, so I did like a bunch of sort of started 2017. Um, I got invited to go and do some training, training camps basically overseas. And I, I was incredibly lucky to do that. And I've done the odd training camp here and there, but obviously my passion is in the mental health mindset space. So I wanted to make sure that each of those kind of events they had, it was twofold. There was kind of programming and training, and then there was mindset and mental health. Mm. And it was... Yeah, like, as I said, I just kind of got invited to do it. And then it was, we had really good success with the first time that I went over and did some camps. It was in Norway. Uh, Then I did a massive tour through Europe. And then off just the back of that, like more people sort of started inviting me to do stuff. Um, I kind of dropped off doing a lot of them just because i was kind of stretched with um time and competition and stuff particularly when the season changed more towards uh like sanctionals and traveling to compete as well um yeah that kind of changed um but it's something that i really love it's something i'd love to do more of and again maybe if i gravitate away from the competing as my priority that will be something that i invest more time and energy into but yeah, oh, it's awesome. Like I love that. And I like there is it's funny. You get a buzz when you go and you compete in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. But you get I get such a buzz out of sitting in a circle of like 30 people, being really vulnerable about my own experiences and then listening to other people's experiences that they've had, uh, you know, overcoming adversity, dealing with mental blocks and stuff like that. Like I walk out of those way more energized than I walk off a competition for necessarily. And and it's like gets yeah, pretty special.
1: Well, once borders are lifted and everything like that, and if you do get to that point where you want to do more of those, we would love to have you over here in uh, WA for one of those. Cause that sounds awesome.
2: Mate, let's make it happen. Absolutely. Uh,
1: one more question around this. So you said that you currently do see a psychologist. Is this, do you see that as a, you know, you see a psychologist for your own benefit and also you want to become a psychologist. Is this like a, coaches need coaches sort of thing as well as well as like a you need it for your own benefit also that's probably
2: uh i need it so i'm not mentally fucked but, <laughs> but no I also I also agree with that yeah like it's definitely I mean I've seen over the course of the time since I started getting help probably around six or seven different psychologists counselors psychotherapists mm. life coaches and whatnot and um the last of so the, the guy that I have been seeing really vibed with well but where we've really worked together well is we do a little bit of kind of clinical stuff on my own mental health but he has a background in sports performance too so he helps me first of all, if I want to move into the performance space myself, I'm learning from him by doing myself. So yeah, that's where the coaches need coaches thing. But um, yeah, like I, I think he's probably the first practitioner I've found that's multifaceted and he's able to work as a performance coach and then also as a like clinical psychologist. So it's been it's been really good. I see it as and how I see seeing like getting therapy or getting whether you're getting counseling, psychology, performance coaching, whatever you want to call it. I see that as no different to getting coaching from an Olympic weightlifting coach or from a, a powerlifting coach, from the endurance coach, you know, all well, these athletes have all these different coaches for the physical aspects of sport. What are they doing for the mental aspect of it? Because to say that the mental aspect isn't as important, stupid yeah i've seen it in like working with athletes myself and speaking to athletes particularly at these seminars worked with some incredibly talented and seen some incredibly talented athletes with so much potential physically that just can't bring it mentally something goes amiss when they're having to bring it on game day that they just can't execute and you know so that you see them go through coach after coach after coach and jump from program to program and then, you know, maybe they just need to invest some time in a good therapist, go see a really good sports cycle, go see a really good counselor. And that could be the key to unlocking their athletic potential.
1: Has that changed for you over time? As in, do you find that in the past, you're a little bit more like those other people that you see and now you're a lot better at that? Do you find that you're... In mental game.
2: In what respect? I, oh, my, that my mental game has gotten better? Absolutely. Yeah. But I had to pick a defining moment where that really took off for me. It was 2017 when I didn't make the CrossFit Games. So I didn't make it in 2017 and I had to look at what was going wrong. And I mean, I could look at it pretty comfortably. And I just like, I wasn't engaging with the sport. I wasn't training the way that I should have been training. I just like, I, I didn't care. I didn't know why I didn't care. I didn't care because I cared so much almost. And then the worst possible outcome because I cared so much was not making the games. And then that came to fruition and I was like, all right, cool. I'm done with the sport then. And then I had to go on this whole kind of journey mentally to fall back in love with the process and with non-outcome based goals and all that and diving into the sports side of things for myself really. And seeing that improve like me as an athlete, that was kind of, yeah, then catalyst to kind of really going. Well, this is this is where this is where I can improve way more. I was pretty. I mean, I started CrossFit and I was pretty naturally good at it. Like I just I I'd never, I'd never learned how to do a butterfly pull up. Got taught how to do a butterfly pull up and did Fran in two minutes twenty. Like that kind of like, you know, two weeks into the gym, I was the guy that walked into a gym said so I wanted to go to the CrossFit Games, and then less a bit over a year later, I was at the games, okay. and that was. So I I was obviously naturally good at whatever you need to be naturally good at for this sport I mean, I mean i had a pretty good sporting background coming into it but where i did struggle was the mental aspect of things and what i've always been really good at mentally is hurting i guess that's because like a big part of who i am and what i deal with in my own head makes me feel really uncomfortable all the time like, like i live at a base level of discomfort so that physical discomfort in of itself that's always come easily to me i can bury myself and do not care but then it's like the fear of like poor performance stress and all the nerves around the performance and stuff like that that more that's always got to me and when i, when I found a way of reframing how i approach competition mentally that's when my i guess i guess yeah my career's really started to take off and i would dare say that would have been at the back end of 2017 going into 2018 um and that's just kind of rolled on to 2019 and again to 2020 i mean i'm Hopefully, we'll get to compete at the Games and see where I'm at. But I dare say
1: my momentum has slowed down over the past few months. But we'll see what happens. Bit of a blessing in disguise that not making it to the Games in 17 then. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's cool. That's cool. So, you and I got to experience the IF3 Worlds in Sweden last year. Uh, You you ended up placing second in the individuals and I was part of the team for that one what were your thoughts of that competition knowing that it's obviously a very new sport and everything like that
2: Meta, Like I really enjoyed it. I think it has a lot of potential. Mm. I think there were a few hiccups last year, a few little pieces that could be improved upon. Mm. But the cool thing is I've had so many great conversations with our Mel from the Aussie functional fitness and even with Gretchen, the founder, and they're so open to feedback. They're so open to communication with our around continuing to develop and improve the sport. That I've really like that to me shows that this has legs. This has got potential to be something really, really cool in the future. Even just a couple of the conversations that I've had quite recently, particularly with the landscape in like the CrossFit world, it's been really, really cool seeing how open they are to getting feedback and to developing this and to making this something that people want to be a part of. Athletes want to be a part of. But yeah, I mean. I thought it was like, it was really fun. It was really different. It was certainly something that I would not put as my s- sort of great, <laughs> yeah. um, skill set. Like I really like CrossFit because it's mixed and then are all kind of those individual tests, but I think they did it in a really cool way. And, um, yeah, I think mean, the actual flow of certain things there's room for improvement, but the overall structure and the way that it's
0: progressing, I really, really like, and I'm really keen to be involved in going forward. That's cool. That's cool. Interesting. If you were going to train for a specifically these six tests, would you train differently to the way you're training now?
2: Um. Yes and no. I think it's interesting. There's six tests, but they're still kind of like crossfitty at heart. Mm. Um. I don't know, actually. I think, no, because I kind of train like that. Like I kind of train separate domains and specialties right up until like I start to really hammer home um, training for a specific event. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, so whilst I haven't necessarily been training as much as possible over the kind of COVID period, I've been really focused on sort of three things, like developing my aerobic capacity, developing my strength, and developing my skill work. so segmenting my training into that. So like, oh, you know what? If I, if at least two days a week do a strength session, do two endurance sessions a week and that. It's probably been the CrossFit and the mixed modal stuff that I, I let slip whenever my training drops down. And I think that that's actually really beneficial to CrossFit. I think just doing CrossFit all the time doesn't actually give you enough sort of linear progression to improve at the specific skills so i think that like maybe i would just train like i do outside of preparing for a crossfit comp more to prepare for the if3 if that makes sense if i've sort of said that the right way um but otherwise no like my training probably wouldn't differ too much like building into the if3 yeah sure it would i'd probably look at i think the way that those tests line up it it favors the stronger athletes i think because they have a pure strength test and a power test which both sort of tend towards um stronger athletes and then their gymnastics test as well particularly last year was very geared towards a stronger athlete like if you were a really strong presser you would do well in that if you were a really strong athlete you could move quickly through the power test um and even the endurance test last year uh it was interval based wasn't really wasn't very long so kind of what 15 minutes of actual work so even that kind of a strong, powerful athlete would have excelled at. So yeah, maybe I, I, would, I would gear towards sort of like less endurance, more strength, skill-based stuff. But I mean, who see, we'll see what the programming throws out this year. It could have just been last year's program
1: specifically. Yeah, we definitely could have traded places because our 5K run that we had to do with the best, that was absolutely shit. So I'm much he run <laughs> like a runner. Oh yeah. But even I saw that from a... Um, Spectator point of view, watching you guys, the even the endurance test came across as very almost power based. By yes, you know, a skier and a runner, you need to be powerful to actually get those things moving well. Yeah. Well, and if anything, it was a double under workout.
2: How fast could you do the double unders? If you were a shorter, fast double underer, like it was a skill test in some respects as well. Like you tripped on the doubles; it was no good. We had to use given ropes as well. Like you weren't using your own ropes, so even that, even itself. Was more skill based than it was necessarily capacity based. I mean, I so buried myself capacity wise on that workout, but um, but yeah, I think um, I was in my favorite test was the mixed modal test, which was the event that I won. Yeah, uh, because it was kind of the one that I was like, guys, oh, it's pretty rounded."
1: Yeah, remind me, did you win the power test at the end or? I did not. I came second in the power test. Was it Souter who won? Cause
2: he won overall. Yeah. Souter won it. So he had to basically whoever won it out of he and I won you then. Yeah. He like yeah. won the whole competition. Yeah. I, but then again, that was like, I mean, I think I watched the video of it. So the first thing was like 20 thrusters at 67 and a half kilos. Yeah. It's a relatively heavy thruster. Yeah. And I think he was like four reps ahead of me by the time he got off. So he's a strong guy and he just moved it so quick. So I was like, Oh, I'm second place wrapped up here. Yeah. <laughs> But um, like that was, again, a strength test. Not to take anything, Zach's a phenomenal athlete across the board, yeah. but that was kind of, I mean, as soon as he got off the thrust of that many reps ahead of me, I was like, fuck, I'm not going to do much damage here." <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: Yeah. That was awesome to watch that one as well. I love those little sprints. It was cool. It was really cool. Uh, what's your thoughts on the gymnastic skill portion? As in, obviously, last year there was handstand pirouettes. There was the pullover into the complex. What's your thoughts on that sort of stuff coming into a functional fitness event? I mean, I, I I like it. Yeah. I think it's a valid test,
2: but I think they need to be really careful not to go too far with it. It's yeah. one of the things that like with the with grid, because I was involved in grid back when it existed, yeah. It really trended away from being tests of athleticism to just just Bizarre, what's the weirdest things that we can come up with that potentially look cool, but people lose interest in that and people can't follow along with that because it's so obscure. Yeah. I didn't mind, like that test was, I think that was a cool test. It was um, my worst test because I just hate handstand dexterity like that. And I mean, I think I would ended up being like a 1.5 meter segment. If I'd have gone 1.5 meters further on my handstand wall, I think I would have won the entire event by like a significant amount of points just because they didn't. It was by this, you made a length or you didn't make a length. And there were so many people log jammed at the end of a length that I was 1.5 meters away from that, that, crushed my overhead, like my overall placing in that, but I mean, just get better on my hands, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. Like it was, it was weird. Um, I, I like that it is a, there is a skill test, I think last year's test was amazing? Yeah. Well, I know, but, but did that could that be potentially because I was shit at it? Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it was, I think it's a valid test, but I think they need to be careful not to get too weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah,
1: I like that. And I do completely agree with that as well. Last year, I thought from a uh, spectator because as a team, we didn't really get to experience the skill. I thought it was quite cool to watch knowing what the movements were but there's definitely you could definitely go too far one direction and end up making it yeah you know butterfly ring muscle-ups i don't think really exactly have a place yeah exactly
2: i mean and that's the thing like crossfit you don't like crossfit's really successful because it's like it does things well and i think what grid tried too hard to do was reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. i think if If three just kind of sticks to the parameters of like similar stuff to what's done like obviously bring out like i thought the pirouette thing was really cool Mm. like the pullover that sort of stuff and then um turkish get-ups with a heavy kettlebell fast i just didn't think was was great um like i don't think a turkish get-up should be done but i mean there's movements in crossfit that i don't necessarily think should be done for volume and speed like ghds and stuff i just think that they're a great strengthening exercise and I don't particularly think they're a great exercise as a test of capacity or endurance. But anyway, I mean, that's, that is what it is. But yeah, I don't, um, I think it's cool for them to bring out new movements, but just hopefully not get too tricky with it. But then that's it. I mean, look overall, sorry. I don't know to say. Overall it was fantastic. Like event. I really liked the six tests overall. Like I thought they were really quite well done
0: yeah.
2: and yeah, like I think, Last year was okay, but maybe you know this like maybe not going too much more crazy and like, thinking about things like the 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 Turkish get up, for example, like oh man, i don't know i didn't I didn't necessarily think that that was a safe movement to oh, do, fast kilos. and heavy
1: <laughs> Yeah, definitely not at forty kilos for that one yeah it was it was wild, yeah. Um, one more question around this one, then we'll get flick our way on to our final three questions here, but out of the IF3 test, those six tests, which one would you say is your essence? Which one would you? Uh, mixed modal. <laughs> mixed modal. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> I'm a good CrossFitter because I'm not very good at anything. I'm kind of good
0: at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, just going into a few questions more specifically towards you and just, um, these are questions that we ask all our guests. So the first one is: if you could basically relive a moment in your life, which moment would you choose, and what would you change about it if you would change anything? Jesus, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> if I
2: could relive one, so are you talking because it was really, really good, or because I just would do something? That's up to you. Or because I'd want to change it? Well, up to you. I don't know. It's pretty fucking special the 2016 regionals having to win the last event to qualify for the games and then winning it know, like that was like from a sporting perspective, like that was next level cool
0: mm. that was
2: awesome
1: i do remember that one
2: yeah yeah i'd relive that and i'd really be after party as well <laughs> <laughs> fair
0: enough awesome awesome so next question yourself from 10 years from now knocks on the front door and you open it what advice did they give you
2: Ooh. 10 years. What, uh, what did they tell me? Um, prioritize yourself more.
0: Oh yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean,
2: stop doing things for other people that don't actually add any value to your own life just to keep them happy and invest more time in the things that you love and that you want rather than being a doormat for other people to help you move them towards what they want instead.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. I really like that. So you've already sort of talked about this previous, like in the earlier parts of this uh, episode, but what's your game plan moving forward in your life? This could be with, uh, come up with a game plan,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> mate. It feels weird to come up with a game plan at the moment. Um, what two things that I really want to work towards is more structure and stability. Uh, that's something that, you know, as I said, sort of before, has become really apparent that it's really important for me. And and you know, like to be completely honest, not having that uh, over the course of COVID has had an impact, a negative impact on my mental health and. I've recognized that. And so that's something that, yeah, moving forward, I really want to work more into my own life. Um, And yeah, like sort of similar to what I said last time, start doing more things for myself that add value to my life and that I love. i not because do things because I want to, not because I
1: feel I have to.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Good insight there.
1: Awesome. Thanks heaps for coming on this episode. Thanks heaps for sharing your information, your experience around mental health and I have three and really everything. So no no worries at all guys always always love having a good yarn yeah we appreciate and we hope that there's some definite dates for you out soon so you can actually secure something and then uh all this hard work this year you can put into practice practice. (laughs) i've got a bit of hard work to go i think (laughs) to get back
2: to where i was before but i'd love mate i'd love to compete this year I, i i do just love competing and whether it's at the games or whether there's some sort of event in Oz, like the, the IF3 champs at the end of the year that they're thinking of hosting in Oz, mate, whatever, whatever
1: it, form it takes,
2: I'm really excited to, to take the competition floor again.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to see you on the, that competition floor and we're, well, I'm definitely keen to hear more about this book down the track once you're uh, a bit further through it. So, Yes. Uh, exciting times, potentially, yeah. hopefully if I bloody finish
2: it first. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks heaps, mate. No worries, guys. Thank you. you. We'll chat soon. Yes, sir. See ya, boys. See ya,
1: mate. See ya. That was an awesome episode with Carl Porter. I know I'm super excited actually to get some insight into that book when he does plan on releasing it and even just gives out a little bit more info here. I really learned a lot of there, especially around the mental health side of things. And I definitely plan on hopefully bringing him over to WA to run one of those
0: seminars. Absolutely. I'm excited to see you know where the dates will uh, end up as well and watch him and the other athletes compete. As usual, of course, if you uh, guys like this episode, please, as you're listening to it, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, share it on Instagram and share it with us so we can repost it for you and, uh, and just spread the love, spread the education. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, have an awesome week and we'll see you in the next one. Catch you. See you later, guys.